The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Citizen, a PoppyChulaRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, May 4th, 2023, and I'm your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-host, Hey, Jeffrey Central Oops. City, 2000 party over oops, back in time. Wait a second, I thought it was party over oops out of time. Well, we're back in time in this episode. Well, I suppose. Uh, let's jump into our discussion of Season 9, Episode 10, which was titled A Whole New World, Part 1, and aired on May 3rd, 2023. Hope you like that title, because it's the last one we're going to get. This is part of a four-part series that will wrap up Flash, so to be fair, the title of the fourth part is still under wraps. So here's the official synopsis of the episode. As Iris receives word of a career milestone, Barry is suddenly nowhere to be found. In trying to get back home, Barry runs across many familiar faces. Keon continues to figure out her powers, and Chester works on a suit for Allegra. Worth noting, this episode was directed and co-written by showrunner Eric Wallace. Okay, Jeff, the episode opens up with blue roses and someone getting ready for the day at the West House. But it's not Joe West, even though it is a familiar face. It's Dr. Gilmore, an employee of Mercury Labs, but he looks exactly like our old friend Eddie Thawne. Jeff, when did you clock who the mystery man was, and did you have any thoughts about his return? Okay. Well, first up, this episode did have a subtitle, Reunions. So I'm guessing all of the episodes will have a subtitle. True. Yes. Um, So the blue man with all the blue, and even later on with a blue song, I mean, they were like, where was the hammer and was there a lot of blood on it? Because they were bashing us in the head with the blue of it all. I will tell you, and once again, it's one of those situations in which we are cognizant of who is returning and that sort of thing. In the very beginning, I thought it was the other gentleman that returned. And Well, no, I'm, I'm even going to lie to you. That's like half a lie. In the very beginning, I was like, is this Barry's father? Just really quick for like a half a second. And then when I saw it was a younger gentleman, I was like, okay, is this the OG actor of uh, the Reverse Flash, a.k.a. the actual... Thawne person, and then once, you know, we got a little bit closer, I was like, okay, and I heard the voice, I was like, okay, this is Rick Cosnett, and I was like, all right, this is, I mean, they didn't say it on this episode, but it's fucking cobalt blue, I mean, there was, everything else was blue, it was interesting that it was the West House, or the West, well, yeah, no, it was West, because it was West first, um, it was interesting that it was, no, it wasn't the West House, it was, uh, Wait, is it? Yeah, it's Joe's house. It's the West House, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the West House, which was interesting. I mean, they're reusing a set. I mean, why build another set? Although they did build another set in this episode. But in my mind, it's like, why build another set if you can use, you know, the one that you already have? And, uh, 
And I was more curious about when this was, to be quite honest. Like, when is this? Because we got really no inkling until maybe later on about some sort of fancier technology. But I was like, when is this? That was the question, like the big question that I had once I realized who it was, who the actor was at least. Well, I think the the importance of having him in the West House is, I think that was signposting that this is a, a different Earth. Oh, that's even because better. I mean, obviously he's he's a variant of Eddie Thawne, right? So there's no way that he would be on our Earth or Flash's Earth. So to have him in the West House, I think you know, uh, from where I was thinking, I, I thought that's why they chose to do that was to signpost that someone else is living in this house. Oh, um, okay. So that was my take on it, anyway. You know, and, what? and it's sort of, brilliant because after last it, week. And I think it plays off of uh, what we see later in the episode at the end, but we'll get to, to that. Okay, uh, at Star okay. Labs, Chester like has Allegra trying a super suit. It's a bit much, and she's not a fan. She tells him that she really wants to be herself and feel comfortable doing it. Out of town, Cecile is at home in the country with Joe, who tries to hey, – country Joe and the fish? Nope, country Joe and the Cecile, who tries to convince her to stay a little longer and just go in late on Monday. Meanwhile, Keon finds her powers are evolving, but more importantly, lets us know how much time has passed nine months since she was born so about seven months since the last episode jeff we check in with pretty much the whole team and even mark gets an unnecessary shout out but this is the last we see of them for the entire episode how would you like the openings and uh, this opening showing us the the characters but then the structure of the episode abandoning the usual b and c storylines i didn't mind it because we're headed towards the end so if it's one sort of cohesive ish story I'm kind of here for it. The cinematography was incredibly fascinating. Like, it was, um, I described it to you, like, pre-show, as a little artsy-fartsy. And it was, but in a good way. It, it was just, it was so strange. But I dug it. The Keown stuff, I think, was the most artsy-fartsy of it all. We got to see her using some really unique powers, and I will say the VFX for that was was neat. But then she she was like writing a letter to her sisters, so she considers Frost and Caitlin sisters, which is nice. And uh, like they would show us glimpses of the letter, like highlighted words and stuff, which was really interesting. But then she looked directly into the camera, and she was like basically like, you know. Mark, Mark, where art thou, Mark, to the camera, which I was like, that's a little strange. Like, is she now becoming so self-aware that she, you know, realizes we're watching her as the viewers? Like, that was a weird choice because I don't really understand what that was supposed to mean outside of the fact that she's writing that letter. Yeah, it was an interesting choice, whether it was an actor's choice. I have to imagine it was director's choice because I can't imagine any actor, any actor, actor, uh, I can't imagine them either. I can't imagine any actor staring down the lens of the camera uh, unless they've been told to do that. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, you're right. It was a little arty, uh, but is she uh, not now? in a bad way. <laughs> hmm? I was saying, is she Gwenpool now? Well, uh, yeah, could Gwenpool or Deadpool or She-Hulk or uh, – and again, her powers are evolving. Perhaps she is suddenly uh, 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 doing that. Yeah. And I will and, also say uh, the belly that they used on Candace Patton was actually really good. Sometimes pregnancy bellies for, you know, actors that, you know, clearly are not pregnant, IRL, um, can be a little 
Wonkalicious, for lack of a better word. And they actually gave her a good one. Like, I was like, all right, look at her, full-on pregnant, any day now. Like, all of that was really neat. And they actually spent a little bit of money to create a brand new set for Joe's Country House, which I was really shocked because there are only three episodes left, so why? But, uh, I mean, props to them for doing it. And it was a neat little quaint-looking home. And as this may be the last time to point this out, uh, you know, Cecile is so much shorter than Joe. I mean, even though she's just sort of hanging out at home, she's wearing three-inch heels, and she still doesn't come up to his chest. Yeah. And the way that they left that one with Cecile's face, I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's like a story here. Because he was like, oh, well, are you yeah. stay out of the weekend? Like with any of them, it, with the exception of, you know, going back to uh, Allegra to and Chester's to uh, to get undressed. Yeah. Um, it, it did feel like there was, a, you know, you can certainly see how this didn't have to have the structure that it had. Like we could have checked in with the team. Hey, Barry's missing. Maybe we should be doing something. Uh, but I didn't mind spending all that time with Barry. So let's mm-hmm. get to Barry because yeah. that Barry and Iris is a very pregnant Iris, as you mentioned. Guess an alert. She's been nominated for her Pulitzer. But before they can celebrate, Barry's pulled away by a mysterious blue energy. He's dropped out somewhere in Central City, but not the Central City we know. He's quickly discovering that he's been dragged back to 2000. Barry goes to CCPD looking for Joe West and asks for help but can't tell him his name. He does tell him he's been stranded and he asks for help finding Dr. Tina McGee. Joe reluctantly agrees to help him and asks Barry to trust him, but before Barry can tell him anything, he realizes what day it is. March 18th, the day his mom dies. Jeff, well, let's talk Joe. Uh, I was worried that that opening scene with Cecile might be our only dose of Joe uh, in the episode, so I was really happy to see Officer West. Uh, how did you like Joe as the cop on the beat? There was a lot of Joe in this episode, and I was very excited, especially because, and I didn't mention this last time, because, you know, we had, we were talking about so much in the previous episode, but Joe wasn't at Barry's birthday. And yeah, I noticed. I was going to mention that, too. Yeah, and that sucked. Um, you know, even if they would have just somehow, with, like, a green screen, put him in the background or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, so we got a lot of Joe in this episode. Quick little shout-out to the Gamby Cleaners uh, uh, cleaning truck that um, Barry ran into. Um, I just wanted to mention that before I forgot. Uh, I just loved it. Gamby Cleaners, you know, or Gamby Cleaning or whatever. It was, yeah, shout out to Black Lightning. This Joe was awesome. First of all, Sing with the hair. Um, yes, younger Sing. hair was fantastic. Sing was singing. It was fantastic. Joe was just wonderful. Like, oh my God. Props to both Jesse L. Martin and Grant Gustin because Grant Gustin as Barry, who's time-traveled now so many times, he knows what he should and what he should not do. Um, I also loved his first initial reaction of, like, what the fuck did I do um, now? And, uh, like, the way that he played it, where, like, he couldn't say anything, but he didn't really want to lie to Joe. And then he used, like, the best thing that he could. Like, I was told by everybody that if you ever need help, you need to go to Joe West. And that's why I'm here. You know, I, I can't really say this, that, or the other. Although he was ready to say something. I wonder if he was going to call himself Bart to him. Um, but then he saw the date, and unfortunately everything just um, went kaput. But their first scene together was just, it was amazing. And I love how Jesse L. Martin played it. Once again, we always discuss on other shows about, and on this one as well, about characters playing different versions of themselves. Like, this is clearly Joe. This is the Joe that we know. 
but a Joe that has no idea who this young man is, this young man that he helped raise. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you mentioned how Barry's first reaction was, what have I done this time? And if you think back to last episode when, uh, you know, Barry dies and, and uh, Oliver shows up and the first thing he says to him is, Barry, what have you done this time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Barry's, you know, for this last season, Barry's taken a lot of uh, hits to his ego. Yeah. Uh, anyway, after leaving Joe, Barry goes to a phone booth and calls Professor Stein, who hangs up on him because he thinks it's a prank. Shout out to Victor Garber, who got a little voice cameo. In yes. Uh, Barry then sees his parents across the street. Before he can cross the street to talk to them, he's hit by a speedster and knocked into the path of the oncoming traffic. Henry Allen protects him while Nora calls 911 or a flip phone. Shout out to a flip phone. Uh, Barry wakes up in the hospital with Henry treating him. Nora is also there because privacy is apparently a post-2000 thing. Uh, he tells him his name is Bart. Nora immediately starts mothering him. And since Bart needs to eat, they decide to take him out for pizza. Jeff, this is obviously an important moment for Barry. Uh, it will get much more important later in the episode. But he's getting to meet his parents again. Uh, How did you like the dynamic between the three actors? I loved it. It was wonderful. It was magical. I will tell you this. This episode was hitting me in the feels. Not enough to get me, like, teary-eyed or, or um, to, to get any water in my eyes, but I was, like, feeling the emotions that Grant Gustin was conveying through the screen. Like, he was masterful in this episode. And seeing both of his parents and both actors actually playing his parents this time was just amazing. They looked fantastic. They, you know, they've been wearing different shoes on this show at times, but they put on those parental shoes. They slipped right into them and uh, they, they were just perfect. They were absolutely wonderful. And I, I was just overblown by the nostalgia and seeing them being Barry's parents with Barry, but Barry calling himself Bart. Uh, it was also interesting because Barry has had the experience of meeting people who have people or forces who have the faces of his parents. But, you know, this was, you know, really uh, the one time where he could actually meet the two of them, you know, when they were still young and, uh, you know, before the, the tragedy that uh, was about to erupt erupted, uh, which obviously, you know, is going to set up a major conflict for him. Uh, Nora and Henry offer Barry a place to stay for the night, but it freaks him out and he says he can't stay. He leaves racing away. He ends up running into Eobard Thawne. Enraged, Barry moves to kill him, and Thawne goads him, but Barry doesn't do it. Barry thinks Thawne's the one who brought him here, but Thawne says he didn't. This is just a bonus. They then go to a bar, and Thawne's enjoying the situation. He's planning to kill Barry as a child and feels like he has a pretty good chance since Barry either has to arrest him and miss up the timeline or kill him, and Barry won't do either. Now, I've been getting a little tired of Reverse Flash over the seasons, but it was really nice to see Matt Letch playing the role again. Jeff, how would you like your scenes, and did you believe Thawne when he said he wasn't the one who brought Barry back? I did believe he was not the one that brought Barry back, just because in the Blue Lightning, and when he disappeared. And it was great to see the original Thawne actor back. Once again, no offense to Tom Cavanaugh, because Tom Cavanaugh you know, does a really good spin on the reverse flash, and it's the one that we've seen the most. But I've always been like, you know, because everyone sort of associates the reverse flash with Wells. And I've always been the type of person that's like, you know, he's not Wells, he is Thawne, and we have to remember that. And I'm glad that they have brought the actor back a couple times across the Arrowverse to really put his sort of, like, stamp on the character. I mean, let's be real, I don't 
feel like the flavor that he brings is that different to Tom Cavanaugh's because they they have to sort of be similar because it's the same person. So, but but seeing sort of like the face be different is is always a, a treat because we're so used to Tom's Reverse Flash. So having him be the Reverse Flash for this episode was pretty damn awesome and uh, I I kept on like thinking like I was trying to like piece in like which reverse flash is this like is this the one that knows everything from you know uh, but then I ended up putting together okay this is like the actual reverse flash from the night that it happens like he exactly he is from the future he knows everything because he's from the future he doesn't know everything though that we know as the audience right he hasn't had the uh the experience of like he's he's fought you know uh bearing the future but he doesn't have the past nine seasons mm-hmm. of uh, of reverse flash memory so this is still you know this is the reverse flash who will become harrison wells you know so it was uh, a little bit you know i'd call it fan service if you will or uh you know uh you know doing right by the actor but basically going back to you know revisit that uh uh that season one uh plot element um, Harry and Henry and Nora, I should say, are worrying over Bart when he shows up at the hospital. He tells him he's always wondered uh, what he'd tell his parents if he had one more day. And so Nora obviously says he can tell them, so he does. Uh, they show him love and support, like Henry and Nora Allen would. As they leave, Barry hears a weird growling noise calling out his name, just like a weird growling noise that Joe heard earlier uh, when he picked up a mysterious blue crystal, which you should never do. It could be meth. Uh, but it's 2000. He probably doesn't know about the blue meth. Um Barry realizes – Barry sees uh, what looks like Joe, but his eyes are glowing blue. Barry realizes it isn't Joe. It's the negative speed force, and it wants Barry to pay for what he's done. Uh, the negative speed force wants to kill Barry. Barry can't fight back because the real Joe West is in there. Uh, Barry wins somehow by thinking of Iris and baby Nora, and suddenly a blast of positive speed force energy hits. It's a little hand-wavy, but anyway. Uh, it knocks the crystal out of Joe, but it vanishes. Barry speeds away with Joe, putting him behind the wheel of his squad car. I should mention Detective Singh was closing in, so I was completely convinced this was going to lead to the cliche, Barry being found un- over Joe's unconscious body and being thrown in jail. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised that's not how it ended. So, Jeff, how did you like how the negative speed force uh, re- was revealed and the fight? And uh, just a little thing here. When did the show stop being about a guy who runs really fast and become about a guy who throws lightning all the time? Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Joe's Black Lightning cosplay, but that seems like most of what we're getting these days. Those are a couple heavy questions. First of all, um, I was very worried for Joe. Like, I know he has plot armor because this is the past, but once again, we've seen that sometimes things change in the past, and it affects the future. So I was very worried when he was possessed, and not only was he possessed, but he was possessed by a psychopathic, sociopathic motherfucker. And he was willing to do this. This person, this entity, was willing to do anything to take down Barry Allen and to make him suffer. Like Reverse Flash, take notes, or maybe not, because the series is almost over. So, or maybe he did, <laughs> because he did a lot in those nine seasons. But yeah, like this, this negative. Speed Force, this embodiment of the negative Speed Force that wants vengeance for Barry killing the Avatar was incredibly fascinating. Jesse L. Martin, once again, playing this this evil character was phenomenal. 
Barry had to do what he had to do. I, I mean, we almost had him murdering the reverse Flash earlier in the episode. It got very close to it, but then he was like, nope, nope, nope. And so this time around, he has to fight Papa Joe. And I'm like, how's he going to do that? Like, how is he going to get the blue energy out of him? Because clearly he doesn't know anything about the crystal, you know? So... I still don't really know how he did it. Like they were, there was like a whole thing with the lightning, you know, throwing and and uh, uh, well, cobalt blue, cobalt blue, because <laughs> uh, I don't know what to call him other than that. But cobalt blue like shoots stuff like laser beams out his like the palm of his hand, which I was like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, my guess here is that that's the hand he was holding the uh, the crystal in, because oh, when he got okay. knocked out, it flew out of his hand. So. Oh, okay. All right. That could work. And, uh, like that, like the effects were interesting, like props to them. They were interesting effects. Um, you know, some would say that this season was maybe a little effects less sometimes. So they went all out with it and I was here for it. Um, I understand what you're saying about Barry who's supposed to be running really fast. I mean, he did get some running in this episode and he did try to like go through the speed force, but he didn't have access um, but yeah, like I was just like throughout this entire thing, please do not hurt Joe. I mean, I know he doesn't want to hurt Joe clearly, but in my mind, I'm like, please, Joe needs to come out of this, like without even like a paper cut. And even though he got knocked around and tussled, uh, the crystal did get removed from him and he was whooshed away back to his uh, squad car, and um, he was, looked very confused. He kept on looking at his hand, so maybe that's what you were saying about the crystal. I'm not sure if it was that, whether it was remember, or whether he was just watching his hand was trembling. It could have okay. been either. I was confused. But that was the, the hand that he would have been holding the crystal in. Okay, I was confused for a moment. That's um, what hand? That was the right hand, right? That's not the wedding ring hand. Is correct? It? Okay, because I was like, "What do you have a wedding ring on?" At that time? Uh, I don't think so, no. Um, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. that would have been uh, another clue if this was a different Earth as well. Because um, now that you're talking about different Earths. That, uh, that Joe's gotten superpowers, so. Yes. It was good. And Daniel oh. gotten multiple sets of superpowers. Finally, Joe gets some of his own. Yes. And also, just really quick, I have no idea how he got that thing out of him. Like, he was thinking, like, happy thoughts. Like, you know, when, I know. Not when Tinkerbell dies, you're supposed to think of happy yeah. thoughts and you clap. Like, I, I don't know what he was doing, but somehow. Well, I do wonder whether, I, I, and I'm, I'm hoping we get some resolution to that, which is because he was saying that he was, you know, separated from the Speed Force, even though he still has a speed, doesn't really make sense. But it looked like, you know, when he was having his happy thoughts, that this the positive speed force was somehow released from him uh, and oh. uh, and negated the negative speed force. So it looked like it wasn't you know him throwing lightning or him you know just running really fast. It looked like it was a burst of positive speed force energy, and it was enough to knock both of them down. Um, but because earlier he had said when he was talking to uh, to Thawne that you know he he uh, you know he was cut off from the. Uh, uh, the the speed force, but there it looked like it was a burst of, of pure speed force energy, so it could be something. Uh, that we and again we might find out something, uh, you know, because we have talked in the past, or at least I've talked in the past, but possibility that you know his connection to the speed force might be tied to his uh, his emotional state, so there could be something coming uh, based on that. Uh, Barry that. races across town for the first time in costume, comes face to face with Thawne, telling his foe that he's there to save him, 
not himself. Thawne thinks it's a joke because the bad guys never listen. Barry tells him he's sorry for having ruined his life, but again, bad guys won't listen, so things play out in the Allen home exactly as they did with Nora's murder. Dawn's on Thawne that this was a fixed point, and he loses his powers. Barry tells him that that night no longer tortures him. He's found peace, having seen his parents one last time, and he's grateful for that. Uh, Jeff, were you in any way surprised by the resolution? I, I mean, it kind of was, was telegraphed that the only way this can end is Barry has to let things happen. Um, and another, just uh, sort of you know, playing off the idea that you know, we're assuming it's a negative speed force and, and all of that, isn't it just a little convenient that the negative speed force accidentally brought Barry to it the one point where he could get some closure after all these years? Yeah. Although I don't think the negative speed force was thinking that. Because if we are going that Cobalt Blue is a villain villain, then villains aren't going to give people closure. <laughs> I mean, let's just be for real. But it was nice that Barry Allen got closure. Like, I love that. I love that for him. You know, he has been tortured with this for years, not even just nine years, like ever since he was a child. And I've always said, I wish Barry Allen would go to therapy, but he got the closure that he needed in this, you know, uh, role-playing therapy that he got in this episode. Um, a quick little shout-out to the callback that we got. The the Barry Allen that told Barry Allen that he can't interfere. Uh, we got resolution to that. Um that plot point from many, 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 many seasons ago. It was our present-day Barry Allen telling his past Barry Allen self, you can't interfere. That was amazing. Um, also, I love that Barry Allen <laughs> saved his younger self from the reverse flash. Like, it was just, all of that was just wonderful. It, it was amazing. And I love that Barry, through... Everything that this man has done to him was like, I was tr I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to save you. And uh, that the reverse flash was just so consumed with anger over something so fucking stupid that happened to him. I mean, you even have a version of Barry Allen apologizing for his future version's stupidity. Like, but he wasn't he wasn't interested in hearing it. Well, and it wasn't even that Barry did anything stupid. Barry showed up and saved a bunch of people. So, I mean, you know, Barry was acting heroically. It's just that, you know, reverse flash, uh, you know. Right. Uh, he wanted some credit. entirely the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, He wanted some credit. We still, I mean, I don't even think we ever, we never saw like an actual footage of that, right? We've always just nope. heard the story. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't even know what the story is. At the end of the day, maybe it was, as you said, just Barry Allen whooshing in, not even realizing that there was someone there. Oh, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And so he took the credit, but he didn't really even know. Uh, but the fact that Barry was even grown enough in the present day at that moment to be like, I'm sorry for what I did. Like, you know, you should have gotten your credit. Like, I give him props for that because that's the amount of growth that Barry Allen has had over the course of this series' run. Then leaving the reverse flash there powerless, like, oh, God, that was just, it was magical. But clearly, this is um, his villain origin story. So, uh, you know, or, or at least a, a fixed point in his origin story so that he ends up becoming the man that we get to know season one plus of uh, and, the series. You know, and setting everything in motion to create the particle accelerator, which gives Barry his powers, and it's sort of, you know... Uh, closing a lot of loops in, in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, uh, time being uh, a bit uh, fixed. 
Um, now, one thing I would point out, you know, it, so, uh, you know, reverse Flash's whole theory was to go back in time and kill Barry so he never becomes a hero and everything like that. He loses his speed, and uh, that's the end of it. I would point out to reverse Flash, you're still a grown-ass man in 2000, and Barry's an 11-year-old kid. Just kill him. Go to his school, wait for him after, and just, you know, get a wrench or something like that. But no, yeah, bad guys never think things through like I would. Okay. Uh, In Mercury Labs, Dr. Gilmore is at work, remember him, when a sudden storm takes out the power. He goes to the window, and there's weird red lightning in the sky, and echoing the night Barry Guy's powers, he's struck by lightning in his lab and soon crackles with what appears to either be speed force or negative speed force. Hard to tell. There's also a mysterious classified CCPD file on the floor of his lab as well about the death of Eddie Thawne, who Dr. Gilmore looks exactly like but has no idea who Eddie Thawne is. So, Jeff, what's up with this? Yeah, this is where it was a little bit confusing because I'm like, if the file was not there before, why would the lightning bring the file? And... Yeah, like, I was very confused. I mean, clearly, if we're going to personify the negative speed force, like we have personified the other forces, then the negative speed force has a vendetta against Barry Allen. Why this individual? Did it have to, like, scour different timelines, different Earths, past, present, future? Uh, Clearly, we're in the future-ish with um, Dr. Malcolm Gilmore, but I I had not thought of an alternate Earth until you mentioned it, Professor. And since we did open up the fact that our characters are now cognizant of uh, the um, multiverse, they learned that about seven months ago, then we could actually be seeing that come to fruition with what you're saying. This could be an alternate Earth where, you know, this gentleman ends it, ended up becoming the uh, personification of the negative speed force. I don't know anything about Cobalt Blue from the comics. I believe you're much more proficient in that, Professor. I, I don't know if he's a villain in the comics. Um... Wait, 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 I do, I feel like I do know something about Cobalt Blue, just because I remember, like, we had the tease last year, and I was like, okay, let me research that, and I I believe he is a descendant of somebody, right, that from the future, and I do believe they are a villain, if I'm not mistaken, but you can I'm correct me. I'm pretty sure they're a villain, but uh, honestly, I don't know anything about them beyond that. Oh, okay, well then, he's brand new to us. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, it's, it's, all of it is interesting. I need a a full, like, download backstory on why this gentleman became the conduit for this, uh, negative speed force. I just need exposition. Yeah, we're, you're assuming anyway, it's negative speed force. What if the positive speed force is trying to create a new speedster to help Barry? And wouldn't it be cool if that was, you know, a variant of Eddie? 
because you know it, in the same way that we mentioned you know matt letcher who you know when he was cast it was like i'm gonna be the reverse flash i've got like nine seasons of work planned out it's like no actually we're gonna get ready after the uh the first uh couple episodes so uh and in the same way with eddie thawne wow i'm a series regular this is gonna be nine seasons worth of of of, of steady paycheck uh no we're gonna have you sacrifice yourself at the end of the first season haha <laughs> so it was kind of nice to see them both back uh for that reason but yeah uh, again and, and the thing about eddie is you know Eddie was only, he was, you know, just, he, there was never anything wrong with Eddie. Eddie was a nice guy, a great guy. Um, and uh, his only flaw was that he was, you know, Barry's, uh, you know, romantic uh, rival. So uh, in a way, it would be nice if, you know, this, uh, this Eddie Thawne variant, uh, you know, could be a good guy uh, in, in, in something like that. So, yeah, I mean, we, we really didn't have enough. And as I say, uh, it, it's curious as to, you know, whether it is the negative speed force or the positive speed force, as you mentioned. You know, why would it bring that file and show him this Eddie Thawne who he's never heard of, is deceased? What is up with that? It's 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 odd. Uh, I think there's uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, several red uh, or several, uh, you know, gold boots uh, left to fall uh, before we get some resolution on that. Yeah. And also, if it's the negative speed force, why is it using the color blue? Well, yeah, and and that's uh, yeah, that's uh, the the colors seem to have gotten a little uh, messed up over the years because you know the, the negative <laughs> yeah. speed force, you know the 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 red and the uh, and the yellow, uh, it, it's yeah, it has been a little uh, uh, all over the place because you know prior to the introduction of that uh, piece of glowing blue crystal uh, last season, we'd never seen the uh, the negative speed force be associated with blue, right? It was always red, whereas Barry's was yellow, and. But, um, and we've well, yellow seen, and red. Yeah, and we've never seen a force given a physical property. Like none of the other forces True. were yeah. like a crystal. Yeah, not manifesting as like a chunk of something. Yeah, people would just get hit by lightning, for lack of a better sense. You know, different colors of lightning, and you know that's how the still force, et cetera, et cetera, came to be. So maybe. We could have a situation, and this is just crackpot theorizing, we could have a situation where this blue entity is pretending to be the negative speed force, maybe, and maybe Cobalt Blue, and I'm just associating that they're the same person, because, hello, blue, <laughs> and there was so much blue with, um, with the doctor. Um, if they are not the same person... Because he did seem like a nice person on his Earth or in his timeline. If it's not the same person, then, you know, maybe maybe Cobalt Blue is something different. I feel like they well, have to be the same person. Well, like and the negative speed force chooses people because they're assholes as a general rule of thumb. And there was no indication that he was anything other than a nice – as you say, like, they're, they're, you know, it's almost a save the cat moment where, you know, he brings the coffee for the security guard. You know, he, he forgot his uh, security pass. Now, that could be sort of playing up the idea that he's a bit like Barry because, you know, Barry was always, you know, a bit absent-minded and, and forgetful before he became the Flash. They might be playing up the parallel there, or it might just have been that they want to do the sort of arty reveal of his picture. Um, but, uh, yeah, either way, I think, it, I think yeah, I'm not sure that I would be convinced utterly that he's evil or the negative speed force. Uh, I think there's uh, – I think we need to find out more about what's going on here. But I would love the idea that he's, you know, being created as, as someone to help, if not save uh, Barry. 
as a quick button to what you were saying, um, it'd be funny after all these years, the negative speed force of like picking assholes. They're like, you know what? We need a nice person so that we could succeed yeah, exactly. because yeah, these this, assholes this have been chooses, failing. Yeah. This just isn't working. You know, let's let's try something different. Uh, before we move on to the MVP section, was there anything you wanted to mention? An Easter egg, a Hall of Shame, or a Hall of Fame moment? Uh, personally, I did love the you know the the moment. Like, what was Chester thinking in terms of that costume? Uh, but the way um, you know uh, uh, Allegra gets out of it, you know, basically, you know, not wanting to hurt his feelings or anything like that. But then you know, sort of sweetening, you know, you could come and help me take it off. Boom. Um, and also finding out that uh, Chester, you know, I think we've seen it before that Chester has the clapper uh, in his lab, which is you know. Uh, pretty low tech. Uh, anything you noticed that you wanted to bring out? Just to sort of piggyback off of the suit situation, um, Chester, just make the pendant again. Like, exactly. Hello. He made a pendant last episode, and now he's doing this? You what? had seven That's, months yeah. now to make another pendant. Come on, man. That doesn't make – that didn't make yeah. any sense. It, it bugged me at the time. And if we're going to talk about height differences, the way that they shot this sequence with them, I was like, Good grief, Brandon McKnight is much more taller, or much taller, I should say, than Kayla Compton. I'm like, this is a, a Papa Joe Cecile situation. Okay, it's time to choose your MVP. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character's been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, Jeff, choose wisely. Oh, I gotta go with the obvious. And I feel like he's gonna end up being MVP a lot throughout this multi-part extravaganza but grant gustin he was just fantastic from beginning to end like you know like sorry to anybody else who's going to be playing the flash anywhere else but hashtag not my flash like grant gustin is just fantastic in this role and just the emotional pathos that he brought the fact that this dude that we have been rooting for for nine seasons finally got the closure that he wanted he finally got a it was a no good very bad day for him because he vanished from his present day timeline but it was an absolutely wonderful day for him because he got to spend the day with his parents probably one last time that he's going to spend the day with his parents and so he fully got the closure that he needed he was actually able to lend a hand you know even though it wasn't accepted to his arch nemesis he came close to killing this person but then he was like i can't for the the greater good because it's a situation where if he if he killed him he doesn't become the flash and he doesn't get the future that is his present so uh, just seeing him grappling with everything that he did in this episode, Grant Gustin was just fantastic. Props to him. I agree. Definitely uh, brought the feels. Uh, very strong episode for Grant. Uh, I'm going to give it, you know, again, nice to see uh, Matt Lesher back as uh, as Reverse Flash again. I really loved it. Just really for that scene where they're sitting over the beers in O'Shaughnessy's. Nice to know O'Shaughnessy's been around since 2000. Uh, where he's just like savoring the beer and savoring the moment. Um, you know, I, I think I've said before sometimes that uh, I like villains who understand what is expected. Uh, I mentioned uh, when I was talking about uh, blood work, uh, you know, someone who understands that, you know, there's a certain amount of, if not scene chewing, at least, you know, you want villains who are kind of enjoying being a villain uh, in The Flash. And uh, I really love that scene. I thought he was great. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, him, you know, his realization that he, you know, made a mistake it's i was gonna say he'd been played but he hadn't been played barry was quite honest with him he just didn't believe him and uh and so the the circle is closed and you know the uh the path that will lead to uh barry becoming the flash uh is established 
Now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Jeff, how would you rate this episode? This is going to be incredibly obvious. Uh, I'm archiving it. This was such a fan service episode, but a fan service episode in the best way possible, at least in my opinion. You know, once again, I, I've, I mentioned this before. I mentioned this in the previous episode uh, that, that we discussed. But it's like the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Like, if they had done an entire season with, like, this level of fan service, this season, this final season of The Flash could have rivaled Arrow as one of the best final seasons of an Arrowverse show. Um, I'm glad that they're finally doing it, you know, in the previous episode and this one and hopefully in the other three. You know, if they bring the fan service, if they bring the cameos and, and, and the little Easter eggs and the winks and the nods, this could be a really solid final arc for the series but for me just this episode in particular they did a fantastic job with it from beginning to end they broke up the usual narrative structure and uh, they they turned it on its head but in a really good way and uh, grant gustin was the tour de force in it but everyone else i mean all of the returning favorites the returning faces that showed up they all were absolutely fantastic so for me it's it's nothing less than an archive very rewatchable yeah, I'll go along with you. Uh, I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it was great to see, you know, sort of, you know, closing circles, uh, you know, uh, you know, summing things up, seeing old faces again. Uh, you know, it, uh, it really was, uh, you know, just a delightful episode. You know, it wouldn't. Yeah, and again, something that, you know, we talk fan services, if it's a bad thing. But again, for some, if you've been watching the series for nine years, you know, you'd appreciate it. Imagine watching this episode if you hadn't been watching the previous Nine years. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Uh, but for those of us who have been watching Faithfully for all these years, uh, it was, yeah, it was delightful and, and certainly worth archiving. Uh, I hope they can keep that up. And also, you know, just, uh, you know, I mentioned, you know, at the beginning, the, the different narrative structure, but I think it was the right call. I think if you'd been cutting away from Barry in the past to the team in the present looking for him, it wouldn't have worked. We can get that next episode. Uh, but this episode, I think, you know, we needed to just stay on that one story uh, and tell it in detail, which I think they did a great job of doing. So join us next time for a brand new installment of The Central City Citizen. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Jeff, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, listeners. Stay safe out there, and if you're surrounded by a blue light and magically disappear... You in danger, girl. Indeed. Not, nothing you can do about it, but, you know, just be aware of that. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to The Central City Citizen by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. New episodes release every Friday. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Join us next week for the anti-penultimate episode of The Flash. Good night.